Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast on the Houston Rockets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a very happy post-game edition of Locked On Rockets. I'm your host, Ben DuBose with Sports Talk 790, and this is the show where you can get your inside scoop every day on your favorite basketball team. Today's Locked on Rockets brought to you courtesy of SeatGeek. Download their mobile app for the easiest way to buy tickets, and the promo code LORockets will get you a $20 rebate on your first purchase. So today's game, wow, Rockets went big, big, bigly, one might say, over the Knicks in New York. Uh, a lot of things you could say about this game. But to start with, I'll go with uh, Jonathan Fagan of the Houston Chronicle as the tweet of the night, Rockets beat writer in New York, and said, well, Harden is basically just too good for everyone else on this court. The Knicks, the Knicks have some capable offensive players, but defensively they are a major work in progress, and James Harden just took over this game. 30 points, 15 assists in 34 minutes, uh, just three turnovers, so basically a 5-1 to assist-to-turnover ratio. So it's not just that he's dropping all these points and assists, he's doing that while improving his efficiency from a year ago, too. He looks very comfortable in Mike D'Antoni's offense. And the thing is, this game Wednesday night speaks to his fitness. One of the things people wondered about James Harden is, well, how did he, you know, how did he work in the offseason? How much shape is he in? He is in tremendous shape. We heard that anecdotally, but now I think you're seeing it. Because you know what? Tuesday night, he had 41 points, 15 assists. First player in Rockets franchise history with 40-plus points, 15-plus assists, 5-plus rebounds in the game. And he came back the very next night and had a 30-15-6 game. That's just how good James Harden is right now. It doesn't matter that it's on back-to-back nights on the road. He's ready to go, and I would go as far to say that he is hands down, the best offensive player in the NBA right now. You might could argue that he's the MVP, but through five games, the Rockets are 3-2, and two, which you'll certainly take, but it's a little too early to start the MVP chatter. But I would say right now, there's no one on the planet, not even Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, that is as dominant as an offensive player as James Harden is every single night. And the only thing you could pick a hole in Harden's game last year, besides the obvious defensive criticism that he takes is his fitness because really last year it did take Harden until January to really round into form and a big part of that was the offseason ankle injury that he suffered but whatever it took him two months of the regular season to get back to his normal level of fitness well as we sit here in November I can tell you guys it's not it, that's nothing you have to worry about this year uh, to see him do that on the second night of back-to-back in New York it's tremendous and I would say he had a positive defensive showing too Uh, You could really see there were a couple of times when Carmelo Anthony tried to back him down in the post and Harden was able to hold his own. That's a very underrated thing about James Harden defensively, his ability to hold his own in the low post. His lower body strength is excellent, excellent for a guard. So he was able to uh, do some things on both ends of the court tonight 
And really, he, you know, this was a trap game. I said it after the loss last night in Cleveland. It was a moral victory from the Rockets from the standpoint of playing the defending champs very close in their gym. But it was a setup that worried me. Uh, second night of a back-to-back on the road, one night after getting a lot of positive press clippings. And rather than just reading the positive press and feeling good about themselves, the Rockets took out their frustrations from not getting that win in Cleveland on a next team that they should beat, and they went on the road and took care of business. And that's the sign of a mature team. Before I get into too much more uh, individual breakdowns, I want to point out just how big this start to the season is to the Rockets from a team perspective. When the schedule came out, we noticed that seven of the first eight games were on the road, and two of those seven road games being at Cleveland and at San Antonio. So this easily could have gotten away from the Rockets. Uh, Two other games here against the Mavs, who notoriously give the Rockets fits and have arguably the best coach in the NBA in Rick Carlisle. So it would not have been out of the realm of possibility to see the Rockets with so many new parts, Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson being new, a new coach in Mike D'Antoni, a new starting center in Clint Capella, getting off to a sluggish start, something like 2-6, and and kind of having to dig their way out of it. And again, even though they have James Harden, it's not unheard of. They started 4-7 of last year, then 5-10. of So to be 3-2 and after these first five games, four of the five on the road, that's great because your absolute worst case scenario now to get out of these uh, these eight this eight game start from hell is three and five, and I would say that that's fairly unlikely because to go three and five you'd have to lose the next three. Uh, realistically, next three Atlanta, Washington, and uh, the Spurs. I would say at least the Atlanta and Washington you could split. Maybe you get lucky and you get both. But I would say that barring something extraordinary, I think the Rockets come home next Saturday night at 4-4 four and four or better, and given all the roster turnover, given the difficulty of the schedule, you have to feel very good about that. It's not easy to win on the road in the NBA. It takes a mature team, but despite the turnover, the Rockets have a veteran head coach. They have a lot of veterans and Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson that know how to play. Of course, Trevor Ariza is a one or two, and even without Pat Beverly, even without Donatus Yunus, if you told me a week ago that the Rockets would be 3-2 and two after this first week of the season, I would very happily take that, especially if one of the losses was a very, very close loss in Cleveland. Now, getting back to the individual, yes, Harden, MVP form again. Other things, uh, Brian Anderson, 6 of 15. It wasn't a great game when you shoot 40%, but he was 4 of 9 from 3. Second straight quality game from distance for him. Rockets had a stat during the game. He made four plus three-pointers 11 times last year. He's already done it twice in the first five games with the Rockets. So this system is going well for him, even if his athleticism is eroding his ability to you know, finish inside the arc. The sheer volume of threes he will get in Mike D'Antoni's system playing alongside James Harden should keep him playable for the next few years. And really, from a topical standpoint, 16 points, 9 rebounds in 29 minutes, You'll absolutely take that. Another quality game from Ryan Anderson that you can build on. Trevor Ariza, 3 of 10. He was the only guy you could poke a hole in, 1 of 5 from 3. But I thought his defense was fairly good tonight, and he's had a couple of good games. The the big game in Dallas where he had 27, that's where he broke out, and I started to feel a lot better about Trevor. And he's the kind of guy who I would think second night of a back-to-back on a veteran, uh, especially on the road, you might see it take a little bit of a toll on his form. Eric Gordon, as always, excellent. 21 points, 6 of 11 shooting, 4 of 7 from 3, plus minus a plus 20, which barely, uh, Harden was plus 21, only Harden was barely ahead of Gordon for plus minus, 
He's a perfect complement to James Harden in the backcourt. My guess is that still long-term, Pat Beverly is the starter when he comes back because of his defensive ability and because of Gordon's ability to anchor that bench unit. You've still seen, especially against good opponents, a couple of times when it gets hairy, as it did yesterday in Cleveland when Harden's out of the game and who can anchor. And so I think if Gordon's off the bench, it's easier for him to have his uh, full energy in that role. But uh, I've seen some people, including Matt Moore of CBS, saying that they think that the Rockets should commit to Gordon being a long-term starter based on his relationship with Harden and how well the two of them play together. And I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think Pat Beverly's a little bit better of a long-term fit, but uh, Eric Gordon has certainly been a special, special player so far. He's clearly been the second-best player on this team, and he's validating what a lot of us said in the offseason, which is that, you know what, he's still in his late 20s. He can be an excellent NBA player, if not for the injuries. And if you look at the injuries he's had the last couple of years, a broken finger on a loose, you know, a loose ball, that's a complete fluke. So if he's put the bad luck behind him, yes, he's absolutely capable of giving you this level of production all year long. And if he does, yes, the Rockets can absolutely be a very good team. Also, I should point out a big game for Montrez Harrell. Uh, 17 points, 10 rebounds in 27 minutes off the bench. Montrez got to play a night because Nene sat out, this being the second night of a back-to-back, and Nene being 34 years old, and the Rockets wanting to manage his minutes. thought it was an astute decision by Mike D'Antoni to let Nene rest. This was a classic game, as we said with Ariza, for your veterans to uh, come out a little bit lethargic. I actually said on last night's postgame show that I thought this was a good game for someone like Montrez Harrell to step up and give them energy, and boy, did he. Actually, not just 17-10, and 10, he had three blocks as well and was a plus 14 in just 27 minutes. So this is an outstanding game for him. I see a lot of people in my timeline wondering, why can't he get more regular minutes? Honestly, I think he can. I agree with Paul, a.k.a. Rocket Intellect, who on the show last night said he doesn't think Montrez can play at the 5 on this team. And I would agree, I think, uh, especially in the Western Conference, uh, you're going to need Capella and Nene's size, and with Capella, his defense and rebounding. I think it's going to be tough to argue for Harrell ahead of either of those two. But Sam Decker is not entrenched as your backup power forward. He played well in the preseason, and yes, he's got some talent, but really he's a three, and really the only reason Decker has that job is because of the unexpected absence of Donatus Maniunas. Decker's fallen back to earth a little bit the last couple of games. He hasn't hit as many of his threes. Tonight, of course, he had the LOL moment when he tripped over himself and uh, ended up dribbling a ball off his face for a turnover, but... um, You know, that's nothing against Sam. He's young. He basically is a rookie. That's not me giving a pass like Bob McNair does to Brock Osweiler. It's been so laughable when Bob McNair says this week that Brock Osweiler in his fifth year is like a rookie. No, but Sam Decker, this being his second year and his first year absent for 90% of it due to back surgery, he is a rookie. There's a learning curve. Montre Tyrrell, he got to play all of last year. So he's a little bit ahead of Decker in his development. He's also a more physical presence. So I could see, at least in certain matchups, him being a better fit as your backup four relative to Sam Decker. So while I don't think Harrell's going to supplant either Capella or Nene at the center position, I absolutely do think he's going to make uh, Mike D'Antoni think long and hard about who gets those minutes behind Ryan Anderson at the backup four spot. Now, Speaking of Mike D'Antoni, I want to get to him in a minute. I've been wanting to talk about his uh, minutes limitations for a few podcasts, and I keep getting distracted and forget about it. But tonight, second night of a back-to-back, perfect night to do it. Going to get to that in just a moment. But for now, I want to acknowledge our great sponsors at SeatGeek. 
because you know what? The NBA season, as y'all know from listening to this podcast, it is back in full force. And SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the games you want to see up close and in person this season. The Rockets, of course, are on the road for another week. They don't get home until Saturday the 12th against the Spurs. But when they do, there's going to be a lot of home games because the Rockets have been on the road for seven of their first eight games. So we're due for a lot of games in Houston at Toyota Center. And if you want to get tickets, SeatGeek is the perfect place to do it and be in the arena for some of the biggest plays of the year. It's never been easier to get the seats you want for a great value because SeatGeek, they do a great job at giving you price comparisons on tickets. They grade every ticket in the house from 1 to 100, 100 being the best deal, and you can sit anywhere you want. Lower level, upper level, club seats, courtside, they've got everything for you at SeatGeek. All you've got to do is download their app on your mobile phone, and here's the best part of it. My listeners, you guys get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. To get that, here's what you do. Download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code, and then enter the promo code LORockets. From there, SeatGeek will send you $20 in the mail after you've made your first ticket purchase. So remember, guys, download that SeatGeek app and enter the promo code LORockets today. So jumping back into the show, Rockets tonight, 118-99 victors over the New York Knicks in New York. We've talked a lot about the brilliance of a few individual players. Certainly James Harden, Eric Gordon, Montrezl Harrell off the bench, uh, some standout individual performances. KJ McDaniels, even though he just had five points in his 18 minutes, he had four blocks, a couple of them really big plays. And McDaniels' hustle plays, it always feels like they swing the game because it feels like he's taking away two or three points from the other team and then it leads to two or three for the Rockets in transition. So even though it wasn't a great topical statistical night for uh, McDaniels, I think this is another one that's going to further build D'Antoni's trust in him. But beyond just those individual performances, what I want to discuss tonight is how Mike D'Antoni has managed this Rockets rotation. Now, I've said it a few times on Twitter, keep meaning to get into it on the show and getting distracted by all else that's been going on. We have had five games in just the last week. It's been a pretty high pace. But one area that I don't think Mike D'Antoni is getting his due is in how well he's managing his minutes. Now, tonight, it wasn't that hard because the Rockets were up by 15 to 20 points for most of this game against the Knicks, so no one played more than uh, 34 minutes tonight, and that makes it easy. But by and large... It would have been so easy to stretch some of his regulars in this first week. And he hasn't. He rested Nene tonight entirely. That being one day after Tuesday was probably Nene's best game of the year. 13-5-4 against a very good Cleveland front court in just 25 minutes. And he sat in because knowing that Nene is 34 years old, he knows that's what's best for him long term. Now, I know the Rockets did sit Dwight Howard on the second night of back-to-backs last year or first night sometimes, depending on how you look at it. Uh, they signed him on one of them. But that was because it was mandated to them by the doctors. Dwight had a pre-existing knee issue, missed most of training camp. Uh, we heard about the bone-on-bone condition from the year before. So I don't give J.B. Bicker's staff, Kevin McHale, or the Rockets credit for being proactive with, with Dwight. They had to do what they did. This, Nene not having an injury, this is much more of a proactive mindset. But where you really see it is with James Harden. Now, a lot of these games to start the year have been close. Really, this game was the this game tonight in New York was the only one that wasn't really in doubt in the fourth quarter. All of the first four went down to the wire, and it would have been so easy to bring Harden back early. Harden typically rests from the start of the second and fourth quarters up until uh, around the six-minute mark. 
D'Antoni will wait until the under six timeout if he can, but usually he'll bring him in a little bit before that. But it'll end up Harden playing anywhere from 36 to 38 minutes a game based on that. Well, where this gets hairy is if the game starts getting away from the Rockets early in the second or fourth quarters, as it often did a year ago. And you would see J.B. Bickerstaff, he would feel desperate and see the game getting away, and he would bring Harden back at the 9 or 10 minute mark to prevent things from getting out of control. And that's what you do when you're coaching out of desperation, which is what the Rockets were last season. Everything was a scrap and claw and try and find their way back. It felt like every game was a referendum on the franchise. As I said this year, one luxury that Mike D'Antoni has is that the Rockets should be able to take a step back. Yes, they want to win. Yes, they should be a playoff team. But no, they're probably not going to win a championship this year. And any outside chance they have of even being a quasi-contender would count on them playing their best ball in April and May. So you know what? Take a step back and breathe and look at this as an 82-game marathon. It's not a sprint. As long as the Rockets don't dig themselves a 4-7, and 5-10 type hole as they did a year ago, it certainly doesn't feel like they're going to do that, you can, take, you can play the long game. And here's a stat I looked up for you guys tonight. James Harden last year played 40 or more minutes 36 times. That's almost half of the games. This year, granted, it's only been five games, but it's been five mostly close games. He hasn't played 40 minutes once. And before anybody says, well, Harden played a lot towards the end of the year because they wanted to earn a playoff spot. No, it wasn't just that. Harden played 40 or more minutes nine times last November. Nine times in November! And he hasn't done it at all this year. So this is a big, big, big step in the right direction for the Rockets in terms of taking a much bigger picture um, perspective with what this franchise is trying to do. And I really feel like uh, this is where having a veteran coach pays off because J.B. Bickerstaff was always trying to earn it, whether it be the permanent job, his spot in the NBA. Every game was that kind of referendum. And really, as fans, it's tough for him to be held accountable because you know what? When we're watching, we want to see the Rockets win that game too. So you know what? If the game is getting away from the Rockets with nine, ten minutes left in the fourth quarter, we're screaming at our TV. Put Harden back in. And a young, inexperienced coach that's trying to earn his way, he's thinking just like we are. He's thinking that that game is everything. This is where having a veteran coach like Mike D'Antoni pays off. Yes, he wants to win, but the big picture, every game is one out of 82. It's about building your team to be ready to play their best ball in April and May. And the way to do that is not playing your guys like James Harden and Trevor Ariza 40 plus minutes a night. That's asking for trouble. Um, So to manage their minutes to where nobody's playing 40 minutes a night, even if Harden's still playing 36 to 38, that's a big difference. I know it Uh, You know, a lot of people don't want to hear about it because these guys are highly paid professional athletes, but the NBA does put its athletes through the ringer. There's a reason why the NCAA, which is the closest thing to the NBA, has only 30 to 35 games per team in a season, and they play only 40 minutes a night instead of 48. It is exhausting to play that much basketball. And we heard a couple of years ago when the Rockets, I mean, not the Rockets, the NBA had that 66-game season Because the lockout, there were a lot of NBA players who said under their breath, you know what, we could play 66 games all the time and it be representative. Now, the NBA doesn't want to do that because, of course, there's a lot of lost revenue if they reduce the number of games. But the point is, 82 games at 48 minutes per night 
it's it's an awful lot to ask of um, of even professional basketball athletes. It's a lot to ask. So to manage minutes to cap at 36 or 38 instead of going into the 40s, that can get you significantly better production, in my opinion, in April and May. And while James Harden has been able to push through it the last couple of years, he's certainly been good in the playoffs in 2015 and 2016, uh, he's not going to be able to do it forever. He's 27 now, which is about in his prime. But just because he can do that stuff at 25 and 26, you'll want to bank on that every year. James Harden, you want to be at his best this year. You also want to be your franchise player for the next 10 years. So this is a huge step in the right direction, in my opinion. And Mike D'Antoni deserves a lot of praise. Because, you know, it would have been so easy in a lot of these games when it was getting away from them against Dallas, when it was getting away from them against the Lakers, when Cleveland went on that run early yesterday to bring Harden back. Really, the most panic I saw was D'Antoni bringing Harden back at about the seven-and-a-half-minute mark yesterday in Cleveland, and that led to him, I think, playing 38 or 39 minutes instead of his usual 36. So, again, Mike D'Antoni deserves a lot of credit. We've talked a lot the first week of the year about individuals, and there have been some strong performances, but don't want to leave Mike D'Antoni out. I think he's done a very good job coaching this team, and really, offense has come around, too. Uh... Not just the minutes, but let's give Mike D'Antoni credit for the offense because a lot of people after those two games against the Mavs were worried about the offense. They, you know, they scored only 43 points second half against the Lakers, scored only 30 points second half against the Mavs on Sunday, in which they held on to win by one. And people said, well, you know, what can this team do when they're not hitting threes? And they came back, scored 120 in Cleveland against a great defensive team in the Cavaliers, scored 118 on the Knicks in New York, and could have been a lot higher had the Rockets not played uh, their bench in the fourth quarter because they had 100 through three quarters. Uh, 118 was factoring in 18 in the fourth quarter with largely backups in the game. So really, you could have had 125, 130 tonight had you wanted. So clearly, they are making strides on both sides of the ball. Even with the high pace the Rockets played out on Wednesday night, they held the Knicks below 100, which is pretty positive, I would say. So it's been a good showing from Mike D'Antoni. A lot of positive to take out. We're all going to focus on Harden as MVP, but yes, give D'Antoni his due as well. I think he was very good in this setting. Now, about time to close out this podcast. One reason why I think D'Antoni played his regulars a little longer than you might have thought in the fourth tonight. I know we went on a few minutes talking about his uh, minutes usage. Rockets don't play again until Saturday night in Atlanta, so they have a couple of nights off to look forward to. So they brought Harden back in the fourth. He ended up playing 34 minutes tonight, but when you have a couple, you know, that's knowing your schedule. You have a couple of off days in the near future, then you can use those. And even with being a little, uh, you know, a little conservative in terms of uh, making sure you have a big enough lead, um, it certainly, it shouldn't hurt because one, you have two off days. And even with that mentality, Harden only played 34 minutes. So again, positive night from the Rockets and I'll leave it at that. Again, I'm Ben DuBose of Sports Talk 790. You can follow me at Ben DuBose on Twitter. You can also follow my work, uh, not just here at Lockdown Rockets, but at Sports Talk 790, their website, sports790.com. I'm going to have a column up in the morning comparing what we've learned first few games from Clint Capella and Nene. Wasn't a huge factor tonight because really Montres Harrell was the story at the center position tonight. Clint Capella was just okay. Nene didn't play at all, but we've noticed some trends in how D'Antoni's managing the center minutes. I'm going to have a column on that up at sports790.com sometime on Thursday. So you can look forward to that. And again, this is Locked on Rockets. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked on Rockets. And you can always email me at lockedonrockets at gmail.com. 
If you want questions, if you or if you have questions for me, or if you want to inquire about potentially becoming a sponsor of this show, just like SeatGeek was for this one. Remember, today's Locked on Rockets was brought to you courtesy of our partners at SeatGeek. If you download their mobile app, that you can get the easiest way to buy tickets, and the promo code LORockets will get you a $20 rebate on your first purchase. Again, thanks to all of you so much for listening. I'm Ben DuBose. Very happy final for Madison Square Garden in New York. Rockets 118, Knicks 99. Rockets off for two days. Back in action Saturday night in Atlanta against, well, their old foe, Dwight Howard. Lots to look forward to then. I'll have a preview for you in the next couple of days. And, of course, I'll be talking with you again after that game to recap everything that goes down when James Harden and Dwight Howard get back together in Atlanta. For now, that's it. Good night.